All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you know, we had an epic conversation with the one and only former Tony Tony Tonian, Raphael Sadiq. Um, this episode, we continue that conversation with part two. He talks about more of his solo career, making records. He talks about uh, scoring movies. He talks about all the other artists that he's worked with. Um, really interesting tidbits for you music heads out there. This is part two, part two of Raphael Sadiq on Quest of Supreme. Hope you enjoy it. Yo, how many other random stories do you have like that? Yeah, because you just dropped. Maybe one or two, but that's that's my favorite one. <laughs> oh my god! Ain't Wait a minute, I don't. I don't even want to skip. I gotta ask you something. Yes or no? And this is without blowing up your spot. I already know where you're going with. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think you know. Is the four tops strung oh. out for your love? Does that mean anything to you? You got me strung out. That- no, it's 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 it's. On the Catfish record, 1977. I mean, every record means something to me, but not like that. I don't know. No. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm curious to what do you think. Wait, what do you, what let me you... let me let me then ask, who who was who was the creative head behind? Um, I couldn't keep it to myself. Me. All right. I'm just asking. No, there there's uh, similarities. There's yeah. There's 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 a song on that Catfish record from 1977. That, really. That, is is literally the twin of that, and I was like, "Oh damn, they made they made the their version of that song." But I mean, yeah. I, f- I felt like that's I felt like those two chord progressions back and forth was yeah. a lot of different records. Exactly, like I'm, anyone yeah. could. That's what I'm saying. It's like a Sam Smith situation. Like I anyone like could have picked those for chords. that song. Not that close, but <laughs> but <laughs> right now. I speaking like, of which, now with House of Music for for House of Music. Was that just your derivative challenge album where it's just like, I'm going to do Name my version of this song and that song? <laughs> Man, my whole career is that. 
I know, but <laughs> this this album. Did anyone from Nirvana's camp ever get at you about "Let's Get Down"? Because 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 to me, I think they got that. I, I thought that was from a derivative a derivative of also uh, um, "Get Down, Get Down." Not get down, not cool in the game, but uh, um, I'm your boogeyman. That's what I Casey am. Casey the Sunshine Yeah, like they got a song that sounds like that too. With that, um, um, come on, let's get down. They got a joint like that too. But the way I the way I was singing that song, I, I I started singing it like it was an effect on my voice, and then I put an effect on my voice. I was talking, come on, yeah. I started doing that. But but Casey and the Sunshine Band got a joint that's just like that. Really? Wow. Yeah. So right, they might have got there. You for a second, Raphael. I thought you were about to say no. Their version goes. But mine went. Ding, 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 ding. Right. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. McDonald's and McDowell. <laughs> so for me, for me, um, I got to bring up. All right. Yes, we'll we'll enter some sort of talk of what they do. But can you please talk about how you discovered the great Spanky Chalmers Alfred? Yeah, sure, man. I, the, uh, the 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 guitarist god. Oh, yeah. My my mom. It's funny. My mom is eighty nine now, and oh, bless and her. She she had she has uh, sh- she's lost some of her short term memory. But mm-hmm. one thing she never forgets to say to me every other day is, "I show Miss Spanky." <laughs> wow. All the time, um, Spanky lived with me, um, for a long time, and um, so what happened was. Spanky, growing up in you know Oakland and listening to gospel quartet, Spanky was sort of the king of that. And um, I didn't know him for years. I just knew his music. I knew how he played. And at one point, uh, the last album was House of Music, I think, that Tony's last album was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had these musicians that everybody thought I needed to make music. This is when the, the Tony sort of split up. Mm-hmm. It was like Outkast. I did my side of the album. And they did their side of the album. And um Was there a I neutral think, coach in the middle that sort of make that happen? Yeah. For years I, I I couldn't really understand what I did, you know, because there's always two sides to a story and sometimes right. you like to point you if, if you're on one side you could point the finger, but I never knew what happened. So we were getting together and I, we were gonna record together. We had this house, Jerry Brown was gonna record. The whole thing was we were gonna bring the press all to one house. They're going to interview us before we put this album. That was going to be a part of the press uh, jumble marketing plan. Then I get a call and they were like, you record your side by yourself and we will record our side ourselves. So they took the guitar player that we had at the time. They took him. So they was like, well, if he doesn't have the guitar player, he can't be, do what he do. I don't know, whatever. So I get home. It's like a game of basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like who's so I get side? home, and um, my mother has a friend named Frankie, and there's somebody at my house said Frankie called you. I call him back. My mother's friend, this guy was kind of like my godfather, but he said this. I said this Frankie said no. This this is Spanky. I said Spanky who? Spanky Charmers. I said the guitar player Spanky. I was like put something on it. I said where's your guitar? Play. He played the guitar on the phone. The next day, I had him in my house in Sacramento. 
<laughs> and we was inseparable. I never let him and leave after never that another guy. <laughs> so I got him, and we uh we recorded that album. We recorded with you. We recorded with a lot of different people, and he sort of uh wanted to teach me to play, but I just thought it was in, in, impossible to learn how to play that good. So some things I did learn. I kick it. I kick myself every day for not you know, sitting down with him more as I should have. But I, I really want to introduce him to people like yourself and D and different people. And he got a chance to meet people like Pino because he was so well-respected in the gospel field. Right. I felt like his talent would lend himself to so many people. And I was just, you know, happy to have him in my life as, as much as I did. But that's how I actually met Spanky. How old was he? He was an older guy. How about how old was he? Yeah, he was time? an older guy. Um, But this guy could teach. I mean... For many years, people would knock on my door, my house, my studio. I'm here for Spanky. Spanky's, uh, I got a, a guitar lesson with Spanky. Or um, even the album that he played, uh, the Voodoo album, when he played this, this guitar that my I bought from my uncle for like $350. Some guy sold him. It's, it's Gibson. I let Spanky use the guitar. He played it all over the album. Mm -hmm. And um, it was my guitar, but when it was time to give it back, Spanky didn't want to give it back. So, me and Spanky kind of fell out. I was like, Spanky, I just let you use it, but it's my guitar. To this day, people still come by my studio, and they just want to look at that guitar. You still have that guitar? I still got it. Wow. That's and he up. played all, every, have everything you, have you, on you, You've, of course, met Sharky, correct? I've met Sharky a million times. Amazing guitar Yeah, the player. story that D tells me about Sharky was like, he met Sharky when Sharky was like maybe 13, 12 or 13. And it's so weird. It's so weird meeting like, and this is the same for like DJ Harrison. Like there's, there's a slew of Gen Z or millennial Gen Z, you know, born in 88, 89, 90. That was like seven or eight when the stuff is coming out and how it affects them. Like mm -hmm. there's at least five cats I know now, four of them who've never met Spanky ever. And it's it's as if it's like I know, you know, when people say like, well, the spirit of blah, blah, blah is in them. Like, I've I fully believe that because I've never seen such a mythical figure like Spanky. And his story and the legend of Spanky, like now spread out through the industry. universe. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just something to believe. And like in right now like i don't know if you've been back to oakland or if you're still like heavy into it like do you still meet musicians that are like just off kilter like that that are like killing that no one will ever know about but like just local cats there's there's a couple um i haven't met anybody i, I haven't met anybody like that but i know there's there's a few people brewing you know um in, in every department you know uh uh, beat makers, uh, samplers, keyboard players. If if you if you if you keep your eyes open, this is it's gonna be another one. But that was that one right there was a special one because he was so good, but he was always keen on making records. You know, if he worked with somebody, he wanted to give you a part that that can make a record. Like every time I play, you know what they do when they go right. 
Now, I sit on the guitar and I try to learn those parts now, and I, I pretty much got it, but I'm not as nice as Spank. You know, Spank is like, I got hard bass fingers. I play really hard. And, um, but just knowing, like, to put him in one of the greatest hip-hop bands ever, you know, to, to you guys that gracefully put that on your record, when I was working with you guys on that record, I feel like I had to do nothing. You got the best. You got a, you got a guy to rap in your group that could rap for 69 months. <laughs> but I'll stop it. <laughs> you got you who's just gonna play a beat that everybody like. I got Spanky playing guitar. I didn't have to do nothing but whisper something. Wow. I, that was the so that's him playing with the beginning. That, oh wow. That's that's I mean, spanky. I had to, all I had to do was match a mirror drum. I had to go boom, 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 boom. boom. So people say you produced that record. I was like, bruh, that's like being Phil Jackson with Jordan on the team. I don't know if that's producing. No, that's, the, that, that's that's called a per, that's called a perfect storm. Being in a room with the best people. Sometimes less is more, and that trust me, that helped. That yeah. everything about that should help. I, I also like to note you you were the person that also taught me um, the one thing that my girlfriend hates, which is abusing my awards. When I got to your house, your American Music Award <laughs> was your doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I was like, well, you know, Raphael's like, is doorstop. So I've used every Grammy I ever had, like <gasps> bathroom, all that stuff. And, you know, is that is that American Music Award still like somewhere in the trash somewhere? Probably. You don't, you don't even know where it is. <laughs> Probably. Man, I just said, I just said, like, I just, I remember I did this interview and I forgot that that thing was in the corner, man, and, and somewhere. And this lady wrote, yeah, his American Music Awards was like in the corner with like dust all over him. Like, uh, that was like I just never, I always. When we went know, home I mean, that I, night, it was like, yo, man, his award was a doorstopper. And I was like, yeah, man, I want to be that famous one day where I just don't give a fuck where my Grammy. That's what I'm going to do when I get my shit. Hey, sure you enough, know what? A, a guy my from first Grammy your... went right on the toilet. I was like, I'm going to top you, Raphael Sadiq. Uh, really? a guy from, on one of the guys from around your way, the, the, the famous Tom Bell. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I met Tom Bell through his daughter one time. I was walking down the street, and I'm like, hey, in San Francisco. I said, you look familiar. She said, I met you before. before she said, you know, it sounded like a one-liner. She was cute. And mm-hmm. she goes, yeah, I'm Tom Bell's daughter. And I go, damn. She said, that's, the, that's what you said last time you met me. <laughs> so, wow. so I said, come to the show. She comes to the show. We're walking down the street. She put Tom Bell on the phone. Tom Bell tells me, don't worry about awards. Grammys, any of that stuff. He said, yeah. because when the, I, the IRS come to your house, they leave those on the mantelpiece. They were <laughs> shit. Damn. That ain't Damn. real gold. And you so right. then, one of my, no, then one of my friends who I got a drug case and one of my good friends, and he, he wanted me to bail him out. And so the bail people came to my house and they wanted me to sign my, they wanted me to uh, uh, sign my house as collateral. It's a guy I grew up with. And I was like, I'm not putting up my house collateral on my head. Like, I don't know if I'm doing that. Even though I knew he wasn't going to run. But they mm-hmm. was offering him a nine-year, nine-year deal. They wanted to cut his locks off. He wasn't doing none of that. So the lady and her daughter, they look up at my wall, and they see all these gold albums. She goes, what about four of those? And I did like this. They don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. No, no, I act like I act but like you gotta sell it. A billion yeah. dollars. I sell it. Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, you're acting. I love it." Okay, maybe I could part with just maybe four for a little while. To they took those gold albums down like they was worth a million dollars a piece. 
<laughs> For the record, are gold Finesse. albums gold? No. No. Okay. no they're they're not. Not. Them joints is about worth Neither $25. Are platinum I mean, I, thank you, Fonte. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Nah, anyone can have Honest a question. Record. Honest question. Sorry. Wait. Yeah, so. Ray. Um, what? That's hilarious. I, I got to say that your, your, your work with, with uh, G1 and, and DJ Quick definitely yeah. I felt like was a marriage made in heaven. I always wanted to know why you didn't do more with them, or at least in that period. You're good. You're, you're good. You're, you're good. Um, Motherfucker, you ask I'm a really fan. good questions. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about Jake and the Fat Man, too, after this. Of course. So you can that's keep a, going. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I wanted to know why G1 and that. DJ Quick didn't work with you more, which led to, and nothing, I love your work with Jake and the Fat Man, too. Well, what happened was they, uh, Jake and the Fat Man, just scratched them. They're just terrible people. Um, Damn. Okay. Oakland. Wow. Hey. <laughs> um, Simple and direct. Yeah, for real. You know, we're talking about, except Bobby, the guy who programmed drums was like really good. He was more like a, he was more like trying to be like a dealer. And he, I've, I've, I've always needed drum programmers to, to finish what I like to do. And he was that. But the rest of it was not even, not worth anything talking about. But Damn. back to quick. Um, in, in, in G1. The reason why we didn't do more songs because it was a budget thing and I wanted to do three songs with them, but the band kept saying it was too much money. So every time I would say it was okay, Quick would come back to me and said, lawyer said it wasn't okay. So after three times, I asked my brother, who's saying no when I'm saying yes? So we were going to get about three songs for probably... $45,000, which was a, a deal for Quick. Yeah. And Quick mm -hmm. was being really cool with us, and they wouldn't, they were never okay to budget. So um, we ended up only doing one, which we, we we would have follow up songs, and it was Let's Get Down. And pretty much nobody showed up to the sessions but me. So that was the band wasn't there. That was just me and Quick and, and G1. Wow. And that's why we didn't get more songs. I, I wanted. Three songs, so if we had this record, we'd have a follow-up and a follow-up. But you know, you're young, you know, you know, knowledge is wasted on the young, you know, we didn't, they didn't know, you know. Yeah. All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Towards the end of House of Music, did you know that this is the end of my my tenure with, with Tony, Tony, Tony? Yeah, I, I, I was sort of the dummy in that, in that one. Because I think I went to like uh, the president and was like, yeah, this is my last album. And I had written more than half the songs. And so... Um, <laughs> That's the mistake you don't do when you, because they would have promoted the song even more, the albums. Oh. If I said I was doing the had, next album, right? Exactly. Ah. They thought they had more in the tank. Yeah. And so instead of putting the money into us, they put into that other little group. They had those little three, those three kids. Uh, I forget the name of them now. Three little white kids, little pop group. All At for the one. Time, they were brothers. No. Uh, no. The uh, Nicholas Shane no. and them. Nope. Before them. Uh, was it was it all? It wasn't. It wasn't all like solo. Was it called, TRL like, like those that type of group like yeah. a TRL group or yeah. The t- I saw with a T or S the something brothers. The, they were Hanson, brothers. Look, I like the Hanson. <laughs> no Hanson. 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 Oh Hanson. Ooh, okay. Was H, not a T. Yeah. yeah. No. Wow. So it was right. Hanson. So when once I came back, like you know, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do any more records and. A solo record, and so what they did, they just made the money back that they put out on this, and and they kept and they it moving shit, with the next bait, group. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a bad move on my part, but I was definitely, I definitely knew that. I didn't know if I was going to do a solo record. I, I was really confused because I really love being in bands, and so you know, yeah, which leads to the <laughs> the original Lucy Pearl, which was supposed to be um, Delroy with Lynn Whip Rose. Yeah, thought she was saying. Okay, so can you talk about your Uma slash Linwood Rose slash like your side groups and the idea of the super group that sort of stalled? I mean, yes, Lucy Pearl got off the ground, but you know, well, the first the first was going to be Linwood Rose with with uh, with Michael Archer and 
Right. And and uh, and and Q Tip Kamal. And um, so Kamal was in this as well. Kamal was part of Linwood Rose. I did not that I did not know. Okay, it it was us three, but you know those are my really good friends, and we we're we're very left brain people, right? And we're artists, and and at the time D was hot as you know he was hotter than fish grease at this point. So you know his defense, he couldn't really stop to do that, right? You know what I mean. He couldn't stop to do that. He wasn't going to stop to do that, but he wanted to do it. Um, Chip kind of wanted to do it, but but uh, all of us being so left-brained, it just it could have never worked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, you know the story better than me. Right. So, speaking of which, uh, wait uh, before I forget, what exactly did you do on Midnight? Because I asked Bob Power all the time. Like, Raphael has credit on Midnight on Midnight uh, on Midnight Marauders. Uh-huh. Is is that you on bass? Is that your fuzz line? No, that's me on the night is on my mind. Yeah, well, the song's called playing bass. Midnight. Oh, that's him playing bass. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I see. Um, right. Um, yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm thinking it's, it's the guitar organ. No, no. No, my okay. my claim to fame is I'm the only R&B cat on one of the biggest hip hop albums in the world. I'm like, shut it down. Drop the mic. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, hip hop fans. I want to hear it. Living out you, your dreams. You, you came out to play with them. Uh, the the first like me and Tariq went to a a tribe New Year's show in New York, and you came, yep. out, came out and played bass with him. We was like, yeah, like losing our minds and shit. Yeah, man, I, I love hip hop. Is just so, it's, it, I mean, so it's so bass heavy for me. And I just like when I first heard, when I first heard rappers delight when I was a kid came on the radio, or I was like, and it wasn't good times. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's on. And from there. No, it was all about it was all about New York hip hop for me. I just always um I mean I just always liked the brownstones. I was in love with brownstones. I didn't even know what they were called. You know, um I, I actually like when I saw Ron DMC come to Oakland and they got off the tour bus and Hurricane and all these jackets came out with Def Jam. It just looked so cool. New York looked so powerful and strong for hip hop. I just always uh Knew it, it was it was a bass thing, and I just always wanted to, you know, beats and bass. I still want to do a project where I'm playing bass, and it's just bass and drums, and I just got like MCs just like rhyming on an album, just all MCs. Why is okay, that hasn't been done is. yet? Yeah. We'll find. I was like, what, what's, what's that? Okay. Organization, you know, um, organizing it. Oh yeah, y'all need. Some. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> how how when you finally got to do Instant Vintage? How was that for you, like, to, you know, like, now that you're officially on your own as a solo artist, was it was it an easy pivot to do or, you know, because now you don't have, I mean, I'm assuming that there's some level of collaboration between you and and yeah the rest of your band that, you know, makes the process easy. But if you're there alone, just making the decisions, that that has to be a harder thing where you're responsible for everything. I, musically, it wasn't hard at all. Um, what was hard was the the interviews, mm. um, the press, because I was used to being able to. If I was tired, to break up the interviews into like two or three. Oh. I don't know how people do the whole solo thing where it's just like people talking to you all day. That that drove me crazy. Wow. Playing music, I could you could leave me in a room. I mean, I got everything in my room right now. I got Ableton here. I could pull up right now and write a song right now. I got my mic in here. I could do that all day. 
But when you start getting me like, you got to talk to 20 people, and I'm I can't go like Dwayne, take just take four of these. Tim, right. take three of these. Mm-hmm. I was confused about that. I think I I gave a call to uh to Mike Mike Archer, and I said, hey bro, uh, <laughs> man, I I gotta give you a couple of props because this is like a little different, you know. Like, and you know, he don't really do interviews. I was about to say that's so why he don't do them. Yeah. He right. don't do them, you know. But you know, you can't, you know. So I, I I'm. I can't really be that person. It looked like I'm copying Prince or somebody. I don't talk to people. I mean, I really couldn't pull that. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think that was the hardest part. And I think performing live was, I thought I had it all together. And I, I did this show in Chicago. Right. I think I was singing a song called, um, um, damn, I don't even know the name of the song now. Um, Go upstairs and change. Some, oh, body parts. body parts. Body parts. Body parts. Yeah. yeah. I was singing body parts. I love parts. the string arrangements on that song too, man. I love the strings on that. That shit is dope. Thank you. That was uh, that Remind was Mr. Ben- Benjamin okay. Wright, and I think Benj- I walked yes, out and I just uh, I sound like a sheep every for the whole song. I was like, "It's been a long time." I'm talking about the whole entire song. I'm like, <laughs> "Shake out of it, shake out." I couldn't do it until like maybe the second, in the middle of the second song, I popped out of it. I said, "I didn't even know I could be." That scared. I was really nervous because when I had my brother on this side and Tim and all the guys behind me, it's like you got a wall of people. You know, it'd be right. like you playing with the roots and they'd be like, An army. just leave everybody off the stage and you just go play drums and you go rap a song. It's just, it's gonna be a little different, even though you know you're about to get off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a little weird. AKA your DJ that, career. Yeah. 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 I want uh, exactly. I want to ask you about that record too, man. Um the uh record with Calvin Richardson. How did y'all hook up? He's a, another Carolina Excuse me? guy. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, man. Excuse me. Well, that song, I wrote that song for Angie Stone. Okay. And so once we were singing and it was happening, I was like, hey, Angie, I think I need this for my album. And he <laughs> he just happened to be hanging out with her that day. And I told both of them, I was like, yeah, I think I'm taking this one for my album. And that's how I got on the album. <laughs> and they were cool well, about it. They speaking were like, okay, of excuse okay. me, speaking of excuse me, um, dog. Why did you why did you take the live off the house of blues uh album out of rotation like in streaming? It's, oh, I, can't, I thought something I can't was find missing. it nowhere. Only because that version of Excuse Me on that record uh-huh. to me where you guys do the false ending, it's gonna be all and then you go back into the song. Right. That's my favorite shit. I abused like after I heard that, almost every root song does a false ending. Yeah, it goes back to the. That is my favorite thing. I'm just begging you, please put that record. It must back. be an issue. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, cause that was in the vars. Uh, that was like that was the first when I that was the first records that I like that I did independently. So those two records, Ray Ray, and that record I'm re-releasing, and I'm trying to get the Lucy Pro album back right now to. Uh, to release them all on my my new my new venture. Wait, gotcha. Lucy, Lucy Pearl's Pearl, not available on, for streaming? Wait. No, it's still available, but it's not not the way it should be available. Hold on, what's oh, yeah, trying on. to bring that thing back under new management. Oh, I got you, I got you. Really, <laughs> ah, I, 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 I got yeah. you. Okay. So yeah. about Lucy Pearl, man. Thank so you, I've Father. seen, I've, yeah, I've seen like I've heard stories from a lot of people that were involved. Say heard Don stuff from your perspective. What was that experience like? What what was the kind of rise fall whatever? How was that? Which part? Was that like 
Uh, yeah, why did y'all only do one one record? Um, well, Don Robinson only she she wanted to do a solo album before she actually worked with us, and I think she wanted to do a solo record when she worked with um, in Vogue. So I think Sylvia Rome mm-hmm. gave her a deal, Dr. Dre gave her a deal, and none of those worked out. And then um, she kind of grew up in Oakland. I think she's from Connecticut though, from um, some part of in, in some part of Connecticut, but she grew up in Oakland a lot. So I just thought first we were gonna we were auditioning girls, and the first girl we talked to was Tamar Braxton. Hmm. Oh, okay. So then we were like, maybe not. And um, then we said, so somebody said I should call Don Robinson. I kind of heard some stories, but I was like, you know, let's see if she want to do it. And she she agreed to do it. We worked with it. I got my friend Monet to, uh, she's a, a, a female writer who Don knows. She's from Oakland. She's singing with a lot of country singers. She's a great writer. And so she came on, she came on board and we just got together. As soon as the record came out, we got to Amsterdam. Don was like, this is my last record, my last tour. And we were only like three months into the record. And so she mm. pretty much quit. She pretty much quit pretty fast. And and um, I mean, if you follow her thread on YouTube, you'll hear her dogging just killing me, saying I help her lose her house. And, oh yeah, yeah. No, she's not yeah. happy. I mean, but the group person. was only together for three months. I, I mean, her house story. wouldn't have been an escrow. I mean, oh, okay. Also, we didn't stay longer. We didn't. We didn't stay together long enough for somebody to buy a house or lose a house. Yeah. <laughs> and then came joy, right? And then joy helped me out yeah. And, yeah. and came to finish the tour for us. Uh, we were just yeah. finishing the tour off, really. And that was it. But we had a we had a blast making the album. But when we were doing the vocals, I pretty much would go to La Mondrian and get drunk. And then uh, the other guys would produce vocals with, with her. This That's how that album is got done. Dr. Dre said, Dr. Dre said, Sit so I, I want to know this. How did you get the album done? And I said, wow. basically, I went to La Mondrian and got drunk when she did vocals. <laughs> I just Man. appreciate oh, this honesty. Damn. This honesty. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> Next level. So with with Joy, um, because I love like of your of your solo records. I I think maybe Ray Ray might be my favorite. You know what I'm saying? That's oh, you I mean, be we real was fan on Ray Ray's your record. Man, listen, we was on we was on tour. That's uh we was touring I forgot Little Brother was touring some damn where I can't remember, but we used to run that shit on the tour bus and Joy's intro, like I did a record with Joy a couple years ago. She came to the crib, we recorded it. Oh, Ray Ray theme? Man, listen. Yeah. What? How uh, that shit you still and I love the energy? Because for me, "Save Us" is the greatest song of all time. <laughs> right. I'm what? jacking the shit out of that song on the next Roots record, especially Save now. Us. Especially now. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's funny. Man. Yeah, that that was a uh, that that was gonna be my record too. I, the way I kind of curated those records were like. When I did Instant Vintage, I was like, this is my introduction. Ray Ray, I was like, I'm just going to have the most fun I could ever have. And then when I did The Way I See It, I did uh, when I did The Way I See It, I was like, this is going to tell everybody how much I was like, loved Motown in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So I just really played dress up um, on that record. And I dressed like that for a whole year. And and I had because nice. that record actually came out before Amy Wayne, Amy Winehouse came out. We used we to talk a lot about it. And she came out with her record and really blew up, which gave me an open gate to like really taking right. that record further. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a that was in my records and um, yeah, your little brother records though, bro, were just 
I was like, what? I mean, thank you who, so much. What, man. what record? What records? What record was it? Was it? Was it Little Brother or was it um, the other group out of Detroit? Exchange. That did the uh, slum. The the slum that did the spoof of uh, um, cheating. No, Bob um, of the jazz singer Louis Armstrong. Nah, that, oh, was that, that was slum. That was slum. That was slum. That was on so, fantastic. Did y'all did a spoof too though, right? They just we cheating. did we did like the cheating the Ron Isley R Kelly kind of spoof. We did that on, <laughs> you the, on this for show. On cheating? Yeah, that was all me. Okay, because <laughs> those spoofs had me rolling. Uh, thank you, bro. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't realize that you were doing both voices. I thought the straight guy oh. was 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 uh, it's always Fonte. I thought you were Ron Isley, and I thought <laughs> the straight voice guys was uh, um. I'm forgetting your partner's name right now. Damn, um, Big Pooh. Pooh? Pooh, yes. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh, hell no. Excuse me, that didn't Pooh wouldn't say shit. I genius because I thought, <laughs> oh, Pooh's purposely singing like Sharp. Like, I thought there was a whole science behind that thing. No, nah, that was me. Nah, that, no, that was really me kind of doing both. Then the fact, okay. Yeah. When okay. Little Brother came on, I'm I was trying. like, oh, Little Brother, I was like, right? I was telling everybody. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Thank Yo. you, man. Thank you, man. And you could sing, bro. You could sing, sing. Oh, so man, I tried. No, yeah, when we did Roots Picnic. Yeah, so I know that was the, you, so the last time was, we were together. Raphael, oh, you know shit, the, the last right. time we were Raph all together, Fonte was singing was with on you stage. on stage. For I was Sing confused it. that he was little brother because he was singing so good. <laughs> I got, I got all, I got all the way home <laughs> and was like, yo, that was him. He was from little brother that was singing the hell out of that song. <laughs> Thank you, bro. That's yeah, awesome. I hit you afterwards. I hit you. I was like, "Yo, appreciate it." But yeah, no, nah, I, I, I was. Yeah. I love that time, man. That was yeah, a fun that time, man. Picnic was like, I was like in shock because you know, I mean, because questioning like the way they, the way they just kind of grew and everything. You just sit back and yeah. look at how somebody grow. Yeah, I'm looking at these people and I'm looking all like the the African artists on the on the on the, on the actually on the bill that all the people, the kids in Philly knew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would go to the, that stage and I would look at the artist and look at the audience. And when I was just sitting there, like blown away, like, wow. Yo, you know, the highlight of your show for the whole Roots picnic was that if you was grown, you was having a real good time, Ross and Raphael. Man, listen. But speaking of that, speaking of that, who is that dude that was playing the drum machine was with his fingers? Yo, Stro boy. Elliot. Stro Elliot. Yes. Stro Elliot. That's the great crazy. Elliot. And then Amir and them. Flip. I like flipping songs, but ever since that day, I've been trying to flip everything I do since that show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we we just wanted to do something different. It's it's weird you say that because like I was trying to figure out like okay, now now that we've turned into Earth, like you know, the roots started out as oh. a threesome, as a foursome. You know, we just when we meet interesting characters, it's just like all right, join the band, join the band. Oh, you play tuba, join the band, join the band. I, I was actually having like a, a, a Graham Central Station moment. And I was like, yo, it'd be really dope if we had somebody that played the role of chocolate. You mentioned chocolate earlier. Um, Larry Graham's former girlfriend that was playing the drum machine back in the day. And I was like, I, I want something. And we just happened to look on YouTube one day. At the time, we, you know, Jeremy Ellis and Stroh were two dudes that just played, you know, instruments it's it's like we still don't know what to call them we just say stroll elliott on the beatbox but it's it's yeah. it's it's a new there there's a whole new generation of cats that like 
are, that are redefining what musicianship is. You know what That's I'm saying? That's what the so, roots do. Y'all been doing that for years. We do that. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wait, Amir, can you going to go off of Ray Ray? Because I just wanted to ask Raphael about an unsung singer that needs to be yes. sung. Tidra Moses, can you just talk about her for yes. a second? Yes. Please. Tidra is my, is, is, is a weapon, man. People, she just, she started a little later in her career. You know, she had twin boys when she was younger and she had to take care mm-hmm. of her boys. But like, she, he, so, Tidra, I wrote that. I had I had this at my label, and I I had signed Truth Hurts for a second. Yes, and I you had did? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I put Truth that record that Tidra sang "Take Me" was for Truth Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's what I said after she sang it. Yeah. So <laughs> so she she so Tidra was singing a song in the studio, and I'm looking 
And Tidra, you know, Tidra got these beautiful legs too, right? So and a bottom, yes, I'll does. just say and it. the body, and like, her body so, is like oh. yeah. So I, I'm sitting there, she's singing, take me, and I'm sitting there like yeah. Yeah. Ain't no way Truth Heart singing this song. <laughs> 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 and uh, but Tidra is like her, her pen is crazy, her her vocal range is crazy. If anybody, I say if anybody wants somebody, she even wrote that song. I want you back on the. Um, I want you I back on the river. Yeah, yeah. So I took the melodies from her for those records, and she just always somebody I, I really like to work with. If I was <sighs> ever into doing a duets album, which I don't think I really am. You know, but she would be the person that would teach her. Wow, that's dope. That's my that's, man. Nah, man, she was my crush back in the day, man. And people, yo, she's nah, singing and bring that's tears. That's all cast. I was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> man, could you right, could you have ever had, had, had guessed like how big of a song that Sky Can You Feel Me was gonna mm, become? Good one, Fonte. Why oh, wasn't no, it a I, single? I had no oh. clue. So I, um, there was the night that Aaliyah passed passed away when I wrote it. Um, so I wrote this. I wrote this song with Aaliyah in mind. Um, everybody was calling me, and I thought my friend was in the plane too, Fatima Robinson. So I was in this kind of just different mood, and and I and uh, had Ray Murray with me from uh, Organized Noise. From Organized Noise, yeah. So Ray program programmed the drums on that. And um, uh, okay. And Ray Ray also titled my album Instant Vintage. I just remember him making the beat. And I just started playing those chords on the piano. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, we started writing it. It was just a song on the record. And this guy uh, uh, oh, from London, one of the biggest DJs ever. Uh, Giles Peterson. Giles Peterson. Giles Peterson. Yeah. He knew somebody. They took the record. They remixed it. And I saw yeah. the record at Amoeba. And it said, um, Sky, Can You Feel Me? Remix. But it was for sale. And I'm like, what is this? And it was extended and it was long. And I I bought it, I listened to it, and it was a look. <laughs> yeah, you know, that happened. Yeah. And um I I finally met the guys like 15, 15 years later, I met them like on my last tour. And they we, we were all talking about it. And I would go places and I would play that song, and people would just like go. Lose it. Ah. It was almost like the, the guy of that that movie, he he was like really big in Africa and he didn't he didn't know it. Uh searching um, for a sugar man. sugar man, right. Sugar man. That's how Sky was for me. Yeah. Like I would go somewhere and I'd be and people start like I was playing like Thriller. Like, what? <laughs> and no, right. I had so I had not I had not a clue. And I usually I usually can end my show with that song. Mm. Yes. Nah, I love that song, man. So wait, yeah, the that, version that, that we Giles? hear is the, the 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 version that we know recognize. Which version is it? I'm confused. Well, the no, version no. on the album is the one that you hear, but okay. there's a version that's so long. Ah. Yeah, they just extended the okay. strings and yeah. yeah, they just extended the strings. Yeah, but he, I wonder if he, it was Jam Who who did that. The Yam Who edit. I think one. He, he did an edit of one hours too. Yeah, I think he, it's did, him. he did an edit of Make Me Hot uh, from that's Little Brother. Oh, he did that. That's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, nice. Okay. Yeah, Ray. Giles did the same thing for us. Like back when our first record was just like some local thing, he took our record and and pressed it up and just started playing it. Like he 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 was the John Peel. But did he sell it? Because that's a whole nother thing. Sold- like what's the up with that? Like you can't just be no, selling I mean, the no, shit. No, people don't just make copies of it. I don't think he personally sold it. Like he just made. He was okay. just making something for it. It'd be like me making an edit so I can DJ it that night. That sort of thing. Right, but, I get that. Right, you know, because he needed four hours of content for his radio show. Yeah, man. You know that 
a long Sky ass bed. Sky can't feel me. It was damn near almost like a a, a hidden cutter, like buried on side tube. And mm-hmm. I always wanted to know, like, why wasn't that shit a single? Like, mm. ah, it's but frustrating. Sky? Yes. I mean, people. I just feel like after after our, after it never rains an anniversary, we were just floating. It's like mm-hmm. what, whatever fell. Right. But unless you were a music connoisseur, we were we weren't mm-hmm. we were just floating. Until the, I'm I'm still floating. You know what I mean, that's what I've been. I just floating, <laughs> floating, floating. If I didn't love music, man, I'd have been done after it never rains. But Raphael, where do all those those romantic words come from? Those ways of saying things, like where does that come from? Is that like relationships, or is that just this is what I feel? Like where does that come from? It's just what I feel. It's just it's just I just I just say the things that the guys want to say. They can't say, but that's why I, I would. I, I see people just. I remember I went to a, a show like a West Coast hip hop show, old school hip hop show, and in, in in it was at Universal before they tore it, tore it down the Gibson uh, Theater. And in the back, it looked like the it looked like the yard. It looked just like Chris Blood just. And when I walked through the yard, <laughs> every every gangster was like, "No, uh, this song and this song means this to me." At the end of the day. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, when you trying to be hard as bricks, at the end of the night, you probably trying to lay down with something. Get some. So, yeah. and, and, you know, we, we grew up with the Isley Brothers, and we grew up with Ron, and, you know, like, in my biggest, you know, Delphonics, which is a Philly group, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and those are some of my favorite groups, and the Delphonics was the coldest group because they was talking about leaving girls, and girls was in love with them. <laughs> it was like, didn't I blow your mind this time? <laughs> Did not. My, my older right. brother said, you didn't want to take your girl to a Delphonic show because even though they was like, I you I thought this you, I thought this uh world this harder was true girl. Now did not think it, baby. But mm-hmm. this time I'm I'm really leaving you. But every girl wanted to see him. So I think for me, it was always if you could like make them passionate songs. But honestly, I want to blow it for girls, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was really in love with the music. The, the words that I put on top, I just felt like it's the words that go on top of the song. Ain't this some shit? There you this go. is all the love Speaking songwriters. All of y'all of which, is full of shit. This is what we learning. It's okay. All right, let's let's just rapid fire because let's rapid fire because you work with too many people. Yes. I mean, between D'Angelo and Total and Solange and yes, you even work with the totally. BGs. Uh, Erica, you want a Grammy with uh, uh, with Love of My yeah. Life, Mary J. Blige, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I want to. I was curious to know, yo, um, Peace of Mind, the Little Dragon and Faith record, man. How'd that come about? I love that yes. song. Yes, well, I, I've, I've been on Little Dragon before they really got hot in the states. So when they yeah, started coming, me, coming I, over, I, when they started mm-hmm. coming over, because they were on my record, one of my records. Um, mm. I just, you know, yeah, you keep. She was on. What you call it, right? She was What's on that? Stone Rolling. She was on Stone Rolling, right? She was on that album. Yeah, wow. she was on that record. Yeah. I gotta go back. Man. Yeah, she was on that record. Um, it's the name of the record, but no, I mean, I just I, I'm a utility guy. Uh, but it's like I just feel like if if there's somebody who want me to you know to work with them and they feel like I could bring something to the project, and then that's that's kind of what I what I do. I just worked with Kanye on Donda, and um, and I'm on the record, but nobody knows I'm on the record. It's almost like one of those tribe things. Everyone's like, on the record. Just tell me the yeah. track so I can skip to it, because I just I couldn't finish. I, what is one of I'm not I'm not really on it. I'm just singing like something at the very end of I think it's called Pure Soul. And All right, let it's me go funny back. How, how everybody was like talking about like he took me off the record. I just I, I never seen people get mad because it wasn't on somebody's record. 
Right. But the check still it's comes. A new, so. It's a new generation. Like our gen, we, we come from the generation that following wasn't a big word. Right. You exactly. know, now follow is different. the leading biggest one. word. But but I just think I work with a lot of people, but I'm, I, I tell my nephew, who's an amazing uh, a producer, piano player, guitar player, like, just be a utility guy, a person that don't mind showing up to work with somebody that's really good. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, for me, and that's what it is for me. I just like if 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 you if you if I see you and you like, yo, I'm in the studio tonight, bring your bass. I'm coming. I'm showing up. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't care. I know it's you. And when I leave, if it come out, cool. If it don't, I had an experience and I learned. Like I learned from working with different people. So I'm working with Snoop a lot too. And um mm. And, and it's like, yeah. it, it, but there's so many different people that come through. There's like great producers, new musicians, right. new people. You see people running different programs. Like when I came to your show, I spent more time looking at that kid. That dude was making the beats. Uh-huh. I was like glued on this dude. When I left, I was like, I just seen all these lights oh, on my head, these drum machines. I'm like, to me, that's what the music is about. Like, who can I learn from? Like, you, I play drums on records. I mimic you on drums. It never sound like you, cause I'm not you. But people like the beats. Like I don't, I don't program good drums, but I play. If my drum set could sound, I got a drum set that finally sounds like an SP12. It's a, it's a, it's your drum set that um, one of the drum sets that you, it's one of your drum sets right. that one of my friends who's an artist, he took your drum set and he painted it to look like my guitar. So oh, it was word. in my room for like a year. My engineer took it out and and he, man, he set it up. That drum is the best drum set sound ever had. You want to know why? I told them, see, they wanted to like, you know, we got these, uh, we got to connect in Japan and we're going to use the hollow wood of this particular forest and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, I said, what, what do y'all use for like them cheap high school sets? And they're like, oh, you don't want that, Quest. You want these uh, hollow trees and da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, no, I want I want the, the throwaway trashy shit that y'all hate. And I was trying to tell them that, like, the breakbeats we grew up on was done on the cheapest. It's done on cheap shit, yeah. Yeah, like like a Sears drum set, that sort of thing. And they they were, they tried to talk me out of it. And I said, and I want you to sell it cheap, too, because, you know, they're like, our bottom line is if we sell a drum set for 200 bucks, then we can't sell this one for four thousand. I was like, no, it's going to be like a drug deal. Like you're going to give them a taste and get them hooked. Like you get a kid, a five or six year old, a drum set for two hundred bucks, and it sounds dope. Then when they turn thirteen, fourteen, they're going to be drummers. And I need, yeah, I need, so, I need, a, I need a couple of those in my life. I got no, one. I'll give it to you. I mean, because I'm trying to get rid of these boxes, and my girlfriend will gladly. Welcome <laughs> that request to make less space in the house. I have room. Uh, those I can't drums, give them we, away. We play, I played those drums, and I went back into the control booth. I was like, what? Sound like breakbeats. Yes. Like breakbeats, what it. I've been chasing my whole life. All right. Working with Total. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you gave them some jams, now. Them shit, them whole days. No. Just jamming. Just, just, just yeah, just they go. One, I want to know how taxing was the process to produce Total. But more than that, like, how easy was it as far as Puff breathing down your neck for magic? And you Are gave you, him, really, kind of yeah, two hits. Yeah, this is funny. So I didn't really want to do it. Yeah, I think. 
because I didn't know what I could I, I didn't know what I could do. You know what I mean? Like you gotta know if you could pull it off. So uh mm-hmm. Jocelyn Cooper at the time was a yep. publisher at Midnight Music. Yeah. And so she was telling me Puff was looking for me. So I was basically running from Puff. I was like, everyone not runs away from Puff. <laughs> I was not answering the phone right. and nothing. Right. So Jocelyn called me like, hey, Ray. I got Puff on the phone. Oh. Put you on the spot. Right. <laughs> and so, so this is even the funny part. This is what Puff says. You got to love Puff for this. Puff say, man, I really think you could do something with this group, man. Like, right down your alley. Like, they not really singers. They something like you. That's a neck and a half. The shade. Classic. Oh. I was like, I was like this. Okay. I mean, I'm. I, I never said I was Luther. Right. Never. Right. Definitely. Like you know, I'm like, I'm like, you got a point. I, I seem to make it work. But what he meant is like, I make things work. Right. And so when he said that, once he got me on the phone, when they came out, that girl Pam. Right. She has so much swag and attitude, and and I think they thought they were so much under the gun. They sung with so much personality that. It was just flying off the tape. You know what I mean? Wow. They song the tape. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet Pam seen with her sunglasses on. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Pam is like, she's like, I've yeah, never seen yeah, Pam's eyes in my yeah. life. You know, she just like, Ever. Yeah. I wouldn't know Pam if she walked in my house right now. She right. looked the same. <laughs> she looked the same. She looked the same. So right. it, 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 it actually being, up, being a really uh, a fun project. And like I said, I had Bonnie Boyer actually vocal coaching them too. Oh, wow. wow. That's dope. Right. Nah, kissing okay. you, jam. I love that song, yeah. man. Yeah. That shit, what was that the other? What was the other one? Do they think um, about us? Do you think about us? Ah, yeah. Okay. Now I was gonna ask a, a music uh, supervision, scoring, composing situation. It seems like um, whenever you jumped into the game, that you were really selective. I thought that like Insecure was your first, but like you even did Underground, which is impressive. Could you talk yeah. about like why you went that way and do? Are you selective and how you? Because I mean, Lovecraft, like. <laughs> Well, and is Laura point, is Laura your your official partner when you do TV scoring? Sometime, yeah, sometime. Laura, we, Laura we, do, we like, do a lot of projects together. She do a lot on her own. I know yeah. she did some stuff with you guys too. She got a big old picture in the roots yeah. in her studio. Yeah, yeah like you work with a, you work with a um you actually work with a good uh friend of mine before uh my buddy my man uh Deshaun Daniel Crawford um yeah really yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's my man yeah that's 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 yeah my guy, Daniel man. yeah yeah Daniel played He's in my beast. band yeah. Ah, that's yeah, one of my yeah. piano teachers. All, all my friends are my that play keyboards are my piano teachers. I'm playing piano like as as good as I can, oh, uh, okay. a, a lot. But yeah, Wait, the <laughs> Daniel Crawford that makes the remixes and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you do know that Daniel also can do what Stroh does, right? You know what? I have seen it. I yeah, I've seen it. But he he kind of sneaks and does it around me. He don't do it like I've seen him. Like, I've seen him do it before, and I was like. No, this is what he does. He goes like, I'm like, who's the drummer? He's like, oh, that's me. I was just like this. And then, and then it goes away. But when right. I saw your guy do it, it was like a whole... It's a show. Like, he plays it up. No, Dan, Daniel's in that first generation. I couldn't get yeah. him. So then it was like, who else? Oh, Stro. And But Daniel's like one of the first guys I saw like play drums and keys at the same time. Yeah, I'm like, how bass. are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah, that's well, my no, guy, but with, uh, Laura's my partner on a lot of stuff. We did Lovecraft. We did... Underground, we did a couple other little little flicks, and I was really just getting, you know, just getting my feet. You get my feet in, and Laura went to 
she's a great, she's like a professor at a school. So it was kind of great going up, being with her because I was learning from her at the, all, at the same time. You know, like, like I said, I like, I'm like a sponge. I like to be around people I could learn from. Mm-hmm. What's Laura's role just for us? Laura Cartman, she's a string composer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But she like, she just, you know, she pulled, she pulled me into the academy. Okay. Yeah. Like she, she got power, you know? Yeah. And while she's like really, she talks it. Yeah. She's really good. And, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, you can't really be selective in that business, you know, if you want to get in. Really? But mm-hmm. at a certain point, you can. I just happen to be able. To, I just happen to get some great phone calls. So tell me about the the Lovecraft phone call and the underground phone call. I just because well, Misha Green is. Yes. She did. Right. Misha Green did underground and underground. Lovecraft. Right. So it's like once you're on the team, if they think you could handle it, they call you, and we they call us as a team and. We jumped right on it and with Insecure, I was working with uh, Solange. And, mm-hmm. and um, she said you did all the work. I think that's what she did. She tell us that she was like, we'll say that. So, yeah, Solange. <laughs> Solange is funny because when I was doing Insecure, I would be working on the song, and Solange would be like, Oh, that's for my album. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and she would just take it, and I'm like, Yo, but I, I think it's in the show. Not now. And he kind of gone. So, yeah, I just been, you know, I just, you know, I just felt like with music, you just have to be able to, you know, um, I'm sure you guys all experienced that with radio, being in radio, whatever we in. We all have to diversify and do different yeah, things. Honey. I just felt like in um, music, we all have the knucklehead status of he's a musician. He can't be on time. He can't do this. And I kind of want to get rid of that before somebody started believing that I was that person. And in film mm-hmm. and television, if they need a pink elephant on Sunday, you have to deliver it. You deliver it. Yeah. That's why I have my setup right here in this room. Like I if it, it can, I just pull it out, bloom, bloom, and just start working. So I, and I, I, and I start to really enjoy it now. Actually, I didn't enjoy it at first. I was just trying to to be a part of it because I, you know, I liked watching like Donny Hathaway used to score. He scored this film. He did um, Maude. He did Maude. Come Back Charleston, Come Blue. Back Charleston, Charleston Blue. Blues. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you've worked with a lot of your heroes, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. I know you worked with the Bee Gees. I think, uh, shit, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire, the Bee Gees. I forget. Uh, Whitney someone Houston. Else someone else well, yeah, you worked with Whitney Houston. Is there a classic artist that you almost work with that, that it didn't go down? Yeah, man. Eddie Kendricks. What? Wow. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We we was um so I did this song called that song called Leaving. Yeah, yeah. On uh Sons of Soul. On song, he was gonna sing that song with me. Oh wow. Don't you hear that part go? So it going on. So when I sing that one part, it sounds like the ghost of Eddie Kendrick, because it don't sound like me when I do that one part. I'm like, yo, when I heard it back, I'm like, that's not me. That feels like just like it's him on that one part. Um, Yeah, Eddie Kendrick is, uh, because my older brother, Randy, he he's like Eddie Kendrick's, and that's that's his favorite, and that's one of my favorite. And, uh, I know you did something on one of those Lionel Richie records. What, what was it like working with I him? Did, with him? I did. Oh, see, I, see, I first toured with Sheila after the Under the Trade Moon tour. When she opened for Lionel. Yes. She opened up for Lionel on the out. Was that? It wasn't an outrageous. It was dancing on the ceiling tour. Mm-hmm. After <laughs> outrageous. It was oh yeah, he won all the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I toured with Lionel. Now, so we call him Lionel B. So he, we we were always pretty much close. And I I I did this one song on Lionel. But Lionel was a Lionel's like us. Lionel's a great storyteller. He'll tell you. He's like, if you don't have any stories, then you can't talk to me. You need, you need stories. He said, who wants to work with an A&R guy or an artist or a person that doesn't have any stories? But, you know, Damn, we had stories because we toured with different people. And, you know, me touring with NWA and hanging out with Ice Cube every day, you know, and, and Ice Cube telling me stuff like, you know, I want to make movies. I'm going to make movies. And then to watch him make next, you know, next Friday. Right. I'm like, I heard him say that. Early mm-hmm. in his career, didn't watch him do it. Did you so go dope. to those NWA pool parties? 
Damn. No, I went. I went. I went to. I went to the. Uh, to the the, uh, the the water gun parties when everybody just running around the hotel, like the cheap motel sixes, like firing off water guns and. Right. Is that in the movie? That stuff, I feel yeah. familiar. Ah uh, man, it wasn't a movie. Okay. I, I, I wanted to ask you, man, you had a, a record, because um, I was thinking about your, um, you were talking about your, your scoring career and uh, like stuff with Insecure and everything. It's a record you just dropped, I think it was last year, maybe year for last, uh, the Is It Good? It's good to you, it's good to me. Bro, like, what's the word on that? I love that song, man. Like, Yeah, well, that's like, that's that was a um, one of the songs I put in Insecure, and I was, it was like, you know, it's very, you know, those songs, when you put them on the score, they're very low. So Issa Rae heard it and she said, can you go back and make a song to that? So then I just went back and then I just put a verse on it. Because at first it was just saying, is it good to you? Is it good to me? And I did that in like, cause during the pandemic, I moved to Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. Why Portland? Because uh, I, I caught COVID and I was like, I'm not going to be in dusty ass LA. Hey, <laughs> we all right over here. But he I'm chose going Portland, to- Oregon. Yeah, I'm Portland going is my to all-time favorite city. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, people tell me that you know. I, I see all the venues you play. My my best friend is Brian Grant. He just played for the Trailblazers. Right. So I've been going out there for years. So I got a place out there so I can hike, and it's just nothing but trees. So you're just walking through these trees, getting all this oxygen, and and like in a month, I got my smell and my taste back. And I just got back to L.A. I just got a place there besides my studio. I was staying in my studio, like, stayed there like for like what, three months, three months ago. I've been in Portland the whole time. Wow. And I found, the I found person, a nice Steve. studio to record at, bro. I found studios. It's inexpensive to record at. It's a lot of musicians out there that's untapped and nobody know about. I told you. Yeah. I'm trying to tell the world Portland is where it's at. They don't. You see Yo, it. Every morning, bro, I, I got I got a 1985 Volvo wagon, bro. I'll be out there. <laughs> you see up. it. I'm not far behind you. When I get my money right, yo, I'm getting me a spot in Portland. Oh, I'm telling <laughs> you. Everywhere. Hey, Raphael, on a side note, what made you um lock your hair? I was always curious. Uh, uh, uh Donald Trump. Word? Explain. Word. Yeah, what happened was I was watching the news earlier on. He was talking to, and I was like, "This shit sounds crazy." And I was just like, <laughs> I, just "I was watching the, the news, <laughs> and before I knew it, my whole head was twisted." Yo, <laughs> <laughs> anxiety. Right. Ang- I you took a word about anxiety twist. Anxiety. <laughs> Yo, That's wow. real. Yo, wait a minute. Shit. Yo. I was you just twisted it. watching the news, going like, "Fuck!" What? Wait a minute. What? I gotta turn the white lights on. You're oh. right. You're abs- that's when you started to Amir in the pandemic. I I was I don't know why I just yeah you've been double yeah, so twisted. If you look at my album, <laughs> my last album cover of um, Jimmy Lee. Yes, mm-hmm. it looks like my hair is short, but there's like little tiny tiny balls on my hair. That's that's how short it was when I was twisting my scalp uh, watching yeah. them. Then um, before you knew it, I was growing them. That's what happened. Anxiety. That's a cool that story. Is what Anxiety. The one that good is- thing that Donald Trump did. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you've not done that you wished to do? I want to, I want, I want to, I really want to live in Europe for a minute. I've been, um, 
I just, I just, I don't know really where I want to live. I kind of want to go somewhere and um, I kind of want to make a record with a symphony, but not a not a large symphony. With like, see, when I listened to the Delphonics, I always felt like they had a drummer like you. Mm-hmm. They had a bass player that was like hood as hell, mm-hmm. but they had an orchestra that was right, right by the book. So I've always wanted to make that record, but not the big, big giant, just like, you know, something that you can't ever imagine having on a tour, but just something like that would have just, when, when I, I always wanted to make that record when I can, I sort of did it when I had Spanky and people where I could just, I could write on the spot. I could just sing parts to people. Right. And right. we make the record that way. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, mm-hmm. like without just sitting back and writing, kind of sit back and play and then go, okay. You do this, you do this, you do this, and then go write the words and have people kind of want to do that. Because I think we're living in this experimental phase where nobody really understands streaming or how are we making money or any of that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're so happy about making pennies and people are all about, like, you know, people holding up gold albums, talking about they streamed a million. It goes a, a million a plaque. It's, just, it's really confusing right now to me. Mm-hmm. So I just think the only thing we have left is... uh. It's, it's creativity. I think we should be at the top of creativity and and, and not, don't worry about what everybody else is doing and don't knock any younger kids or anything like that. And, but, you know, like yourself, just bringing light with that. You know, I, I don't know no, I feel you. I feel if you notice, but like that documentary of, of that that guy that hosted the show. Tony Lawrence. That, yeah. Tony Lawrence. That guy mm-hmm. and listening to him and his struggle to get that thing to fly and it still didn't come out. Mm-hmm. But all of those people until now, we might as well just kind of just create. And so I, I think for me, I just want to just, you know, create. I kind of want to take out a tour where I'm like, it's just me. I'm working on a tour called A Recital, where it's, um, it's me just playing piano and um, and bass and, and telling my stories. Now, because the reason why it's called Recital is because I can't play the piano that good. I just can play good enough to like for my songs and and make mistakes. So I'll be making mistakes, but m- most of it will be me talking about my career, like this interview that we're doing. Like a woman. Um, I'm there for yeah, that. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Man. You know what I mean? So, and I always wanted to tour like a comedian with like with a chair and a glass and some water and bring all the money home. Mm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wait, Raphael. Are you doing a versus? I'm oh. just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just. A versus? Yes. Yeah, oh, who no, would no. you go who against? Would you... Who would you go against in a versus? Who could who go against? They had me going... They had me going against D'Angelo, right? I was no, supposed to do that. He's the only one that did the that show. Stop it! No that sense. wasn't yeah. even a versus. Love him, but that wasn't no versus. <laughs> no, but I didn't. I didn't do it because it was supposed to be. It wanted to be Maxwell. First of all, I know it was probably Maxwell. be Maxwell and you. It was Maxwell. It was supposed to be Maxwell and him. Right. He didn't want to do it, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I like verses. For it's just fun, it's entertaining. But who could? I, I love it. Who could sit on stage it, with you? See, if your if your legacy were more tighter with the Tonys. I would have loved to seen a live Tony Mink condition. Thing. Mink condition. I would have yeah, loved to have seen loved. it. I think that was Chris, Chris. Every time Chris Weber sees me, he loves Mink condition. He's like, "Yeah, buddy, I'm gonna get you on the stage with Mink condition and see what you do." Chris Weber loves Mink condition, so he's always trying to put uh, Stokely against me. That's <laughs> wow. Chris, is, Chris is my boy, though. Chris is my boy. That's a good. But like, no, though. honestly, but Stokely. Yeah. It's my boy. 
Stokely's Stokely a monster, like, man. Right, so you could do the condition in the Stokely records and the Raphael and the Tony 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 records. You welcome. Yeah, see, Swiss. Stokely is like I tell people Stokely sings circles around anybody. Anybody, he do. yeah. He does. No, he's, and he's then you know, Stokely, the kind of person you'll be like in France, and somebody will be like, "Hey, Stokely's down the street doing a fusion gig <laughs> on drums." Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. And You're then right. he's like Stokely Carl Michael. So his dad was a black college professor. He's like this intellect and yeah. everything. I'll be like, every time I talk to him, I'm like, hey, secret smart guy. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to ask just about the, um with, you know, with the Tonys, you know, with you guys breaking up. But, you know, y'all actually family. How does that play in your family dynamic? Like, is it Thanksgiving? Is it cool? Is it smoke? Like, how do y'all handle each other in real life? Man, our traditional Thanksgiving has been over for so long. Yeah. I don't oh. even think families have traditional Thanksgiving anymore. But, Indigenous people um, this day. Yeah, I think for us, um, my father always wanted to see us get together and do something. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to get together, um, me, Dwayne, and Tim. Because, you know, we were pretty much a group in the beginning that weren't, wasn't really R&B. We were more like the black police. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to get together and do like a... Um, a trio record? Kind of like a farewell, like, thank you please, tour please. Thank to people. You. We're, we're going to do that. I was at Dwayne last night. If you if you look on his Facebook, he, Dwayne can't go anywhere. Uh, he don't do the gram. Let's thing. get yeah. down. Damn. Without what? Without what? If you see Dwayne, he's going to be singing whatever you want. Or let's right. get down. Or singing, uh, hey, hey. The blues is all right. Dwayne is right. like an old man just running around <laughs> singing like the same song. Hey, I like his single. He had a dope single. Damn, if I can remember, he had a dope single. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Dwayne, he's not going to miss the performance. So last night I was in San Francisco before I got to New York. We're sitting in this club called Black Black Cat. These guys up there killing it. I mean, I mean, killing everything. We sit in the audience with the mayor of San Francisco and this is this young lady and, and it's her friends. And at the end of the night, Dwayne grabs the guitar to this, from this guy from uh, the na- the Nationals and the piano player and start playing Let's Get Down and get on the mic. This is not I like to call my brother. So then we're doing two verses. I'm embarrassed because we're doing two verses of Let's Get Down after these dudes was up there playing Cold Train. And <laughs> I'm like, come on, Wayne. But I guess that's my introduction of like um, of telling people that we are about to get together and... Um, and um and do our farewell and and like uh you know thank for pe- thank people for um your support and we and we're actually gonna do like we're gonna do an instrument we're gonna put out four 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 songs and it's it's, it's gonna be an instrumental record just instrumentals mm-hmm. almost like you know summer madness and brick okay. and stuff like okay. that and then because we never performed the last album house of music anyway yes. we're gonna get together yes. and learn that album. And then give people like three new instrumentals, three or four instrumental songs. <sighs> That's right. the plan. And this is the first place I said it, but this is. Dog, I'm exclusive, this exclusive, shit exclusive. Out of that shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I, Please, nah, man. Nah. I would love to see y'all do Wild Child Live, man. That was, yes. my, that was my record. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's our, that was <laughs> our thing. To, um, even when we did that record, that's the record when they said, let's, you do your side of the record and I'll do mine. And right. even though I did that record, I went back and got Dwayne and said, hey, bro, you got to sing on this part of the record. He was like, of course. But I found out the reason why he didn't read. This is a funny thing. You're going you're gonna to dig this because I was always trying to figure out, like, what did I do to these guys, you know, that they didn't want to record a record with me? Because my dad came over and he was like, 
where everybody at? I said, I didn't want to break his heart. And he, my dad passed away about five years ago. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know, dad. They just decided they wanted to record their side of the record on their own. So he was looking, he said, are you going to be all right? So I just have to make my dad feel good. I said, you know, because he thought I was on my own. And I, I should say like Muhammad Ali reference to him. I'm like, dad, I'm like, I'm like Ali, I flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I'm, I, and my dad, he starts smiling when I say that because I just want to make him feel, but honestly, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I had figured it out. And um, so I asked him, I said, so man, what did I do to you, man? Like, what did I do? Like, I don't, I don't really understand, like, I understand what I, what y'all did to me. I understand what they did to me. It was just like, you know, we just had regular band issues when you don't have enough money. Every black band that don't have enough money, their problem is money mm-hmm. most right. of the time. So what happened was I figured it out because they never told me. Every time we did an album, when you heard strings on an album, they cost $40,000 to $25,000, $30,000 a song. I was going to ask about Claire Fisher. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... That's me. I would spend all the money in the production. The I, put, I put the money on in the film. Right. You know? And so they didn't want to record with me because they was like, he going to spend all the money. <laughs> oh, never said the sentence. I was like, I got it. But they never told me. Yeah. I just figured it out. That's Look, crazy. you need to watch Metallica's Some Kind of Monster. Mm. And I want y'all that for y'all, because you'll be you'll be really shocked on how the smallest issue can cause the biggest problems in a group. And then when the hindsight, when you talk about it, it'll be like, you remember that time you stole my Ritz crackers and said that you didn't and I saw it in your bag? That's why I ain't talk to you. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, like actually, that's it's, it's ironic. That, I'm not telling it's myself, ironic that you talk point. about Metallica because I told Dwayne, I said, I said, bro, like Metallica, I said, when we come on stage, I said, my mic is going to be far right, your mic is going to be far left, or you're going to be right on the middle left, and Tim is going to be right in the middle. And I said, we're going to make this shit look like Metallica. And we're going to have a choir of like a 16 people and a keyboard player up to the side. And they're going to be singing backgrounds. We're going to just be playing these instrumentals. I said, it's going to have to feel like Metallica. Because, <laughs> you know, when we recorded some of our albums, mm-hmm. like um, uh, Sons of Soul, Metallica was in it, was there too. They were at um, Sausalito at um, uh, Record Plant. Uh, Plant. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so I was hanging out with Metallica, like, you know, all the times when they would play shows in New York, I would go hang out with them. So we have a lot of, a lot of, you know, in common with Metallica and those little petty things, like you said, mm-hmm. it's definitely, we probably have some of the most silliest reasons. Yep. And your family. You'll, so. you'll be shocked at, yeah, at what little communication could do. And, you know, I, I will admit that, you know, me and a certain member are probably as close now as we were, you know, it's weird that we did this operation for 19 years almost without communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know. No, me and people the same way. We didn't really become friends to make a little watch. You got to communicate. That's so same thing. You got to communicate. So I mean, important. I was with my brother last night, and I just I just said, bro, look, if it wasn't for you bringing all them records and, and playing all those Ernie Isley solos and, and playing all those Larry Graham records and put me on the Larry, I wouldn't be the person who I was today. Right. That's a lot. Something about getting that record deal and... Shit change. 
and start going backstage and you'll be like, hello, hold on, I'll be back. And you start, everybody start getting new friends and all of a sudden you're like, right. And then you, all of a sudden you like the five heartbeats. You're like, five heartbeats, front and center. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait. Flash, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wait, I got two more questions, and then I, I got to go. But, well, you we kind of brought up on. one thing. You brought up one thing, which was, did you, when you, when when Claire Fisher did the strings for anniversary, did you get to meet him, or you just sent him the tapes, and then know. he sent it back? I was with him every time he worked with me. Oh, what else good. did he do besides anniversary? He did a song that we call that we have called uh, on on the, on the revival album that we never put out. It's called "Share Your Love with Me," and it's ridiculous. Wait, you have a you have an unused Claire Fisher song? Motherfucker! What? 
It's on expense. cassette, bro. I don't think we can find the multi-tapes in. I, if I could find it, I'll, I'll send it to you. You can just freaking let a, a Claire Fisher <laughs> song go unscathed? And, bro, he, he like... I met Claire even in the last... I, so then I did Claire, the uh, this song uh, we were talking about with T.J. Moses, Take Me. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's Claire, too. Wow. Uh, to our listeners, Claire Fisher is a string arranger. Um, all the Prince stuff that we love. Ask Rufus. Rufus. And Shaka Khan. Ask Rufus, yeah. yeah like, switch. Uh, look up uh, uh, Reaching for Tomorrow. That That's probably, like, one of my favorite Claire Fisher moments. And, and, but, you know, he did push me away with the Jacksons. And he, he really turned, like, a lot of, like, black music into really, like, lush, lush arrangements. Uh, Steve and I got to work with uh, Claire's son, Brent, on the uh, Elvis Costello record. Uh, Claire, actually, the last thing that Claire did before he passed away was really love. Like, I know that he wrote the uh, string arrangements for D'Angelo, but his son uh, finished and executed it. Wow. Like, at the time he was doing it, uh, he he passed away. But that was the one of the last things he worked on. The last thing I wanted to ask you, just in general, like, in, in, your, in your canon, in your songwriting canon, What's the what's the fastest song that you wrote that was like popular with us? Like, oh, I wrote that song in three minutes. Hmm. Popular with you, probably. Um, probably, it probably was the blues. As far as it, that was. Ah. <laughs> it just wrote itself. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of wrote itself. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. And what was the struggle song? What was the song that like? All of them. Um. No. Um. Like you really just <laughs> like to the to Facts. fight to the finish. I think the struggle song it wasn't it wasn't a single, but um we used to have this thing where our album will be done and then that last the song. label would say, Now we need a single. Right. Okay. So that single was If I Had No Loot. Um Blues was that. But the song that I had a problem with was coming into the man of who I was. It was uh, probably um Blind Man. What? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know that song, man. Yeah, yeah, because "Blind Man" was a song that I felt like it would have been a voice like Bobby Blue Bland, right? (laughs) And I was singing all those kiddie songs, you know, like and all of a sudden I had to say the the first lyric in that song was like, "Look at here, I'm still standing." That's the Teddy Pendergrass line, you know, like. You can't say, right. look at mm-hmm. here with the voice I've been singing with, with the albums before that. So I wrote <laughs> I wrote it, and when, and when I got to the mic, I walked to the mic, and I was like, look at here. I was like, hold on. I told you, I was like, hold on, shit. That's, that's just not going to work. So I, just stood, I stood back, and I saw, I looked at my shadow on the floor, and I had a conversation, and I was like, you got you to gotta pull from within. You got to pull all these other different energies and spirits from these people. And I that song... I struggle with, but one after I did leaving in that song, I, I sort of like my sister passed away. And my sister got hit by this car. My sister was a great blues singer, and she had a strong voice like Millie Jackson and Aretha. And just I'm talking about my sister could sing any type of soul song. And she was a parole officer. She graduated from you know college, had degrees, owned a lot of property, and until. My sister used to sing like the Al Green's version of I Can't Get Next to You, like below it. Mm-hmm. And when my sister passed away, I felt like her uh 
spirit just kind of got into me. And after that, I started singing uh, better. I started singing better after that. And that was after my sister died when I was in the hospital uh, singing It Never Rains. Damn. What? Yeah. And then they, we, we, I went to the hospital and they, they pulled her off the they to pull her off the machine at that point. They pulled her off the machine and I went back to the studio and I started recording that, those songs. And, uh, but then I, my, my life for singing, it just after that sort of changed. But I never really got comfortable singing vocally until really the way I see it. Wow. Until the 60s wow. album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Man, I was going to ask before we go um, on Instant Vintage, the high tech interludes. How did y'all hook up? I thought it was so dope that you reached out to him, man. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, my, my hip hop thread goes deep. You know what I mean? Like, and I just hit high tech. I was like, bro, I'm doing these interludes and it'd be so sick if I could drop three or few high tech joints right in the middle of everything, you know, because he would just, mm-hmm. yeah, I just always love, you know, high tech because I could play bass to it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, all I ever need is, is 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 beats, man. Beats, beats, and 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 I can I can go all day. If somebody give me a beat, and I'm like I'm like more of like a, a MC on a bass. Like I could just play bass lines all day, and I could come up with a melody because it's and even in uh, I was in Trinidad when we did the uh, Slow Wine album. The Tonys was over there. We and this guy told me he said, man, you know, in Africa, it's we we all speak through drums, right? Rhythm. Mm-hmm. We all speak through drums. Drums is our is our thing. So drums and bass. Just sing to people. And that's why with all this different music, it's really, you know, drums and bass. And I feel like even when I did Still Ray, it's just really drums and bass in in keys, right? But it's the way those drum sounds with people always want to rhyme over them. I can't find the multi-tracks to give them to nobody, so. Say no more, Ray Wiggins. (laughs) I will send you some tracks. Great. Please. It is. Please. No, dog. It ain't nothing for that. Premier Put me someone in the box with some drum sets in them, bro. I got you. I'll text you. I got you. Wait, it just hit me. You know what? Um, Fonte just uh, hit me to something like a couple years back, and I just got trapped inside of, of this whole. I, I don't know if you saw that playlist I gave you, uh, Fonte. Oh, the uh, Lick House? Hell Tony's yeah. Tony's Lick Come House on, music. Man. Come on, huh? Yes, sir. I feel, I, I feel like I feel like that's... The, I feel like... Even more than go-go, liquor house music is the under undiscovered gem of R and B music, like Sir Charles Jones and all like male waiters, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Down home, like wait. It's the last place. It's the last place white people ain't took over. Yo, I feel like Ray, <laughs> you need to you need you, to do a liquor house. Find the thin line between liquor house music and gospel quartet. Yeah, yep. I'm with that's. You. Y'all send it to me. Let me let me send me the list. Let I me will, hear it. Yes, I will. Oh God, Marvin Cease, Candy Liquor, like it's all just. Floyd I mean, Taylor, some people call Bill. it blues. Yes, come yes. on, come on. Like that Malico Records, real cheap sounding karaoke R and B, but it's my favorite shit of all. T- I've been and it's, and it's are genius. Talk, are you talking? Are you talking about like songs like the bitch get it all and all them songs? The bitch get it off. Yes, That's what? yes, 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 indeed. Yes, sir. yes, sir. Yo, 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 the bitch get, yo, my ex-girlfriend, parents, I've been listening to that shit for like 15, 20, yo, I got a whole list of it. Yes. And, yo, I'll be in the phone, yo, they're going to take that over too pretty soon. These dudes be like 25 wearing old school hats. Yes. 
so are you talking about so you ever heard of Theotis? Theotis Ely, that's my Theotis man. Good that's part. my yes. man. Yeah. Theotis Ely. That's but my guy. So Theotis used to sing Stand Up In It. Stand Up In It. Stand Up In It. You got to stand up in it. stand up dude played in my sister's band. My sister, blues band, Theotis was her guitar player. Wow. I know. That's right. Because it's Oakland. Theotis been knowing me since I was like eight years old, bro. Wait, there's a liquor house moving in Oakland as well? Man, that's it's universal. Well, Theotis lives in Atlanta it's, now. He lives in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, stand wow. up in it. Yeah, stand up. The stand up man is my um, is my my friend. He's an older guy. Yeah, his stepdaughter is like real a uh, longtime fan of ours. Like good friend of mine. Like she, he came out. He came out to a little brother show. He came back when we was doing get back. He what? came out and kicked it with us Damn, straight up. That's dope. Yeah, man. Yo, but them horns, those cheap horns, I cannot take. But I'll be but, definitely. There, there's a way. <laughs> there's a way to add your twist to it. But it's just like, for me, it's the most. But I mean, Fonte's right. It's the last sort of ungentrified, the last ungentrified movement of black music that we have. And right. But then Raphael do it, and it's gonna get gentrified right after that. No, I tell you, I tell you, I'm gonna tell you who gonna, who's gonna end up doing it first. I know. Oh, 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 oh! You said a white artist. I said I know Michael Kid Archer's Rock. next to be on Malico. <laughs> Nope, <laughs> it's gonna be Molly Cyrus' dad. Ooh. Oh God! Ooh. You think you think Billy going? You think he gonna do this? Oh wow! Uh, damn! He, he, Billy Ray going to start singing about Jody? It's nah, a rap. Nah, nah. And can't. it's a rap. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't take it. I can't That's take the it. Nah. man. That's a rap. Big, big colonizer <laughs> energy. Ray, I, I want to wow. thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing. We've been begging for this episode for so long, man. Thank yeah, you we so wanted much it for all in person. Hey, can I just ask you? As a fan, you I feel like you've just done so much for us. Is there anything we could do for you? <laughs> like, I've never asked hey, anybody you know that. Buy his records, you know play I'm his glad video you games. Every, everybody's, everybody's, I'll, I'll be around when this when this Tony's project, project comes out. Uh-huh. Um, like, I'm going to start bringing out a couple artists pretty soon myself. And these artists, are they're going to be pretty much underground artists, but I just feel like when that happens with the platforms that you guys have, you guys are already doing so much with the platforms and all we need is the platforms for people to be, to okay, be heard. I feel easy. like we're going back. Absolutely. That's it. And we when we come to town, just buy tickets. That's it. Okay, we got them, right, y'all? Okay, they say yeah. Yes, we got because, them, uh, yeah. there's, there's a T-shirt out that says that niggas don't buy tickets. I didn't make it. But, <laughs> but we do, though. Because if we didn't... Don't, don't. Essence Fest. No, we, no, exactly. we, we turn Essence up. Essence Fest, the Super yeah. Fest, the Roots River picnic. Fest. Listen. Right. Well, no, well, well I keep my joint. No, I saw up. that. Oh, what you saying, Lion? No, I saw that. You're right. You're right. No, it's black. It's, you're right. It's, it is. Yes. Yeah, we ain't saw that show. Roots right. picnic. Yeah. Roots picnic and broccoli is still. It's 80-20. 80-20. We killing it. 80-20. Hey, man. That's because we keep the price under 100 bucks. Sorry. Oh, yes. That's oh, it. You know what That's saying? the key. We got generational wealth, so help us. Yes. We're, this is not That's the key. Coachella. I'm not charging a thousand bucks to get in to some shit. Yo, man, I, I want to thank you. And this this has been an amazing episode. This is definitely a two part episode. Wow, this is great. I, I know it is. Oh yeah. Um, a big fan of yours, and you know this is everything I could ask for. And I'm really mind blown how many things we have in common. Like now, now I'm gonna listen to Larry Graham a whole nother way, man. But no, thank you for doing the show. Oh, bro, like. Larry, Larry is the Bible for us. Yes. And we come out, we thinking about yes. playing today as our opening song. Dog, there you go. There you go. 
Rafael Sadiq, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you, guys. This thank you. Nah, thank you, bro. Thanks for uh, all the music, man, for real. Thank Much you. appreciated, bro. Thank you. Thank you, too, man. Thank you. Good seeing you, you again. Too. Oh, for sure, for sure. And sorry I got you fired. It's all right. It was worth it. Look where I am today. <laughs> talking to you for three hours. I couldn't do that on Black You with the best. You with the best right here. You in the best hands right <laughs> here. Right. And my man, how you she, doing at the bottom? And then get said oh, hi, hello. She holds this together. Steve, Steve's like a longtime electric lady. Uh, Steve probably worked on Untitled. Like I was, I was in the room when that was when when Dean and uh, Ray were recording that song up in C, up in Studio C. That's right. Was done I remember. Now I'm looking at you like, yeah, yes, of course. And then, so you were you in the room and D was like, uh, when went talking about he was like when a cat was making this moaning noise. You was in the room, Jimmy, and D goes like, hey, Jimmy. And everybody was like, yeah, Jimmy. And I was like, ain't no goddamn Jimmy. That cat hungry. Yeah, <laughs> 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 always keeping it real. Yeah. Man, we, we, didn't ate, we, had, we didn't had three grilled cheese sandwiches, all those extra bacon that they put in it. The Dude. cat was watching us eat. It's over. The cat it's wanted over. some food. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Ray, you don't even get it. You don't even get it. The amount of bacon references I got for Steve, the fact that you brought that up, even on my audio book, which I just finished like fucking half hour ago, I Thanks, credited Steve. Steve for bacon. Dude, we used to be in the studio and we would eat, we would smoke, eat, smoke, eat, smoke. It, four eat times. bacon. And D was like, so D was like, yeah, uh, D would be like, yeah, great, uh, I'm going to eat something more on the healthy side from this other restaurant. So we, this is not Waverly. So I'm like, what you order? He like, yeah, I'm order a burger. I'm like a burger. <laughs> so, but at, but at the Waverly, we would go get like a grilled cheese and the bacon come in it, right? Right. He would say, can I get extra bacon? I'm like, extra bacon. <laughs> 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 the bacon is already Steve. filled in that tin thing with bacon. Steve. No, but, but for, all right, I know. Bacon. This is the I greatest know. moment but, in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Yo, but, but, but Ray. Forget um, Untitled. All I remember is the bacon. Dog. Voodoo was nothing but bacon fest. That's how that, he got his, his, his summer body, eating bacon and nothing else. That was the original title of the record, actually. I've credited Steve on most albums with bacon because, it, it, you bacon. know, like what spinach is the Popeye. Old boy was just like, yo, I need, I need a break. You know, it's he, so crazy. He keto before keto. I'm about to say, most of the earthy people just think y'all didn't even eat pork. I'm, I'm in shock over here. Like, oh, he's from down south. He's from Virginia, bro. What the hell? And you too, Raphael? What the heck? He was yo, making Raphael. it up. Yo, Raphael. Raphael. You, you you remember recording Untitled, though? You guys were standing in front of the console. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And not yeah. not on this, not on the engineer side, on the other side, like in between the, the console and the and the window to the live room. And you guys were playing, you were on, on bass and D was on guitar or, or or no, vice versa. I don't remember now. But um Yeah, well, I was on guitar, he was playing, he was he was playing piano, I think. Oh, so you, you played bass and guitar on that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you were standing in front of the in front of the console. It was like one of my first first gigs. I was like, whoa. Yes. But um, and then we ate bacon. I, I remember the tape ran out, mm-hmm. and Dee was like, Funny. "Y'all was gonna change the reel so we could finish." And I was like, "Nah, <laughs> it's finished. Don't don't just That's leave it, it like that. Yeah. 
and just call it. <laughs> and then the dad said untitled, and I was like, just call it untitled. Oh, that was, was like finish. Okay. Then I was like, yeah. then I was like, when you leave, I said, when I left, I said, you just gotta scream at the end of the record. You gotta scream. He's like, he said, yeah, we are gonna do the video. We are gonna do the video. So I told my boys like we did this song. I said it's good, but I like the Spanish joint the best. That was my favorite oh, joint on the whole album. So uh-huh. I didn't think Untitled was a single. So they put it out and the video came out. And my boy was like, hey, it's a good thing you ain't in the video. You only had one part you could have did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I recall at the time, y'all both had body around that time. So uh, it, And everybody just, everybody just say, yo, the only reason, you think that song was popular because, because he was naked? And I was like, he couldn't, he could, I said, if it was whack, he couldn't have been naked. Right, exactly. Or, right. That's true. Like when Maxwell was naked with that rubber ducky in the uh, in the, in the bathtub. <laughs> that the didn't cops work. knocking? Was that the cops knocking? That didn't work. Nah, that was the. It was Coco Whenever, Pure, the luxury oh, okay. Coco oh, Pure yeah, joint. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You got to have some weapons to do that so kind right. of song naked. You, know? you are so right. Yeah. <laughs> he said rubber ducky. Well, anyway, man, thank you. I appreciate thank it. You. It's long overdue. Thank and, you, man. Congratulations to everybody, man, on your success. And uh, wow, man, it's good knowing that's you. Look. Now I'm looking. I'm when as soon as he said it, I'm like, "Wow, we all have bacon in common." Yes, bacon. <laughs> all right. So on behalf of Lightyear, uh, Fontigolo, uh, unpaid bill, who's not here, and Doctor Bacon, this Questlove, Questlove <laughs> Supreme. We'll see you on the next go round. Thank you, Ray. All right. See y'all. Hey, this is Sugar Steve. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS. And let us know what you think. You should be next to sit down with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.